This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? Thank you for tuning in to Matter of Theology. Matter of Theology as you know, is a podcast production by Faithful Life Ministries where we address church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We seek to bring you biblical truths despite what the popular movements or networks of the day teach or those pesky charismatics that are secretly cessationists during a pandemic. <laughs> we are on Patreon, so if you would like to partner with us, head on over to patreon.com slash matter of theology and become a subscriber. There's a variety of plans for you to choose from. Um, we've been slowing down uh, making content. We've got some things up there, but we've been slowing down. It's just the time is crazy. Yeah, well, everybody else is sheltering in place, man. We're... <laughs> You and yeah. I are, yeah. uh, and, and Josh too. We're, we're, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're hitting it, man. We're, we're, we're working hard and, and thankful to have a job. And, um, but, uh, I was talking to my mom yesterday and, uh, that was just one of the things that she brought up is just kind of how, um, not that, not that you and I are worrying about anything when it comes to the coronavirus or we're not fretting, we're not, there's no anxiety, but there is a, a physical and a mental exhaustion from, uh, from well, number one, working, being at our feet all day, and uh, n- number two, just the unknown and the, it just, it's daily and sometimes hourly that things change and you hear and and mm-hmm. uh, and then the more the more the more it spreads, you know, you you start encountering people uh, or I have uh, that I know um, that ha- have the virus and. Um, thankfully have recovered or are, are recovering. So, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's just, yeah, we have slowed down and yeah. it's, I, I mean, we're, we're busier when everybody else is going, man, how do we redeem the time? How do we right, redeem yeah. our shelter in place time? And I'm just going, can I, I can I have a little bit of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would love right now, man, doing FedEx. It is, it's crazy. And my job only lasts as long as people have money to buy stuff. Um, so, and right now people are really just ordering out of boredom, like, cause, cause we, we do deliver things like, uh, people order their groceries and stuff from Walmart and target and things like that. So, so we do deliver kind of what we would say essential things. Um, but a lot of the stuff I've been delivering, man, has been like 
bunk beds and paddle boards and just all this odds and ends stuff and a lot of you know like five piece uh patio sets you know to sit outside and just to uh, sit outside yeah, yeah beds to sleep in paddle boards because well we yeah. can socially distance on a paddle board so yeah and it's in a, a lot of my packages are well not a lot of them i would say probably a quarter of them are over 100 pounds and it's rough it's rough and i have a dolly but a lot of times it's buried behind all the rest of the 100 pound furniture yeah um yeah. Well, with us, I mean, us, uh, the company that I, I work for, uh, we're an, op, uh, an authorized Apple retailer and reseller and repair facility. So with Apple's resale stores being shut down uh, and other other retailers are doing curbside only and or closed. And so we get a lot of people with broken devices. And so that is definitely essential uh, as people have to be able to communicate with the outside world and uh, work from home and stuff like that. And it's just, uh, uh, man, it's just, it's just, it's crazy. It's just nonstop. So, but thankful, you know, uh, thankful that I'm, I'm, uh, here and have a job and able to provide for my family. And yeah, I'm glad I have a job, but yeah, sometimes I'm like, you know what, maybe we can slow it down a little bit. Cause I mean, 180 stops a day is brutal on the body. I'm just yeah. letting you know, it's brutal on the body. CrossFit ain't got nothing on Drew. For real, man. You know what? <laughs> Let those CrossFitters come work for the day. <laughs> right. All right. They, they wouldn't last the day. Right. Man, I'll tell you what, man. This is kind of a, uh, I guess, a segue into what we're talking about on this episode. But uh, I never thought when this started um, that we would be moving into the Easter season. Um, obviously, one of our favorite times of year. Um, as we remember the uh, the life, the death, the burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, I uh, never thought that when all of this started and we were hearing about the coronavirus in January that uh, that there would be this mandatory shelter-in-place order for for multiple multiple states and countries, and 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 here we are into the Easter season, and um, you know churches are having to get creative with services, and this is typically obviously a very this week, uh, this Holy Week, this Passion Week, um, you have a lot of people that attend church typically. And uh, man, just yeah, just never thought that it would be it would be going this far, uh, as far as into the calendar. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 man. So, but I tell you what, I have that there, there. There have been some great resources that I've appreciated as as people are not able to travel, and and uh, you know, Dr. Stephen Lawson doing Steadfast Hope every morning. Uh, has been has been a wonderful wonderful time to slow down and to dig into. He went through Psalm 23 and is now going through Psalm 46, verse by verse, word for word. Um, and it's about it's 20 minutes. Uh, you know, it's it's not not long at all, but that's been refreshing. Um, you know what's really crazy so. when you turn in to or turn in tune in to that live feed. He'll have like 400 people viewing that. Oh yeah, across the oh, world. Yeah. yeah, and that's just on Facebook. That doesn't include what you see on Twitter, what you right. see on the One Passion website, and the number of views afterwards. I mean, so it, it's one of those things as as we've talked about. We're not going to get into it this episode, but as we talked about, that's that's using the means that the Lord has given us to uh, to get the gospel out there, to get His counsel out there, to talk about Scripture, to talk about 
the gospel itself and to preach the gospel uh, in no way, shape, or form does it replace uh, what the Bible has in mind when it comes to physically gathering together the assembling of the saints. Um, just because you're assembling uh, behind a computer screen in your home doesn't mean that you're physically gathered together. Um, but man, what what a what an amazing time to be in to where, you know, we have things like social media where we can keep in touch with family and friends and continue to hear uh, the word, uh, the, the word of God proclaimed. And um, so, so yeah, that's, that's, that, that part's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move in today. Uh, we're recording this Thursday Yeah, and this is going to go out tomorrow, Friday, right. good Friday. This is our yeah. good Friday episode. Um, but you know, we, we wanted to start the Good Friday episode by actually going back to the night before. Now, we did talk about the Last Supper on our last episode, um, the dangers of pragmatic communion. Uh, so you can, if you want to learn a little bit about uh, communion, the Lord's Supper, uh, you can go back and listen to that. Uh, but we, so we've talked about the Lord's Supper, but now we want to move into the garden. Uh, and kind of kind of trace this as he makes his way to the cross, because the cross, right? Good Friday was the day that Christ was was he was he was uh, scourged, right? He was beaten. He was walked through the city with a cross on his back, and then he was led up uh, to, to the mountain of skulls where he was crucified mm. and and put to death for our sins mm. right this is good friday is really it's the culmination it's that meeting point that the it, it's 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 the very tip of the gospel because this is where we see our sin imputed to christ but also because of what led to this and this act we have the imputed righteousness of christ to us and then the staple that solidified it was three days later on the resurrection amen amen yeah yeah and this year this good friday um uh, I, I I recently finished uh, reading through um, Arthur Pink's uh, The Attributes of God. Phenomenal book. Phenomenal book. I got it at G3 um, this year in January. I just finished it. Yes, it's April, but I've been reading other things at the same time. And uh, and then roughly about through two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think it was two and a half weeks ago, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read a chapter uh, a day as far as a, as a devotion, uh, as a devotional throughout the day. Uh, they're, they're shorter chapters, but they're phenom- it, they're, they're so, it's so wonderfully written, very devotionally written, but very theologically rich and uh, just incredible. So I, I recently uh, picked up uh, the book uh, that Banner of Truth just released called Crucified and Risen, Sermons on the Death, Resurrection, and Ascension of Christ by John Calvin. Uh, so nine days before Easter, because uh, there are nine sermons in this <laughs> in this book. And I said, you know what? I'm going to read a sermon a day uh, and leading up to Easter. And the last sermon that's in the book is actually concerning the ascension. And so I was reading it and I was just like, okay, yeah, uh, I'm not going to get through that. Uh, I'm not going to be able to read one sermon a day just because the way that John Calvin preached 
Uh, number one, uh, anybody who uh, aspires to preach should read John Calvin's sermons because, wow, to preach in that way. Um, but, but more to me, one of the things that, I, that really stick out to me is to think that way, to be able to stop and slow down and read through the account of the Garden of Gethsemane and to pull out some of the things that he was able to pull out from an expositional standpoint uh, and then from an application standpoint uh, floored me. Um, and so I, I, I would read a paragraph here and there and have to stop and just think. I didn't want to, I didn't want to rush through it. So, uh, so I started that nine days before Easter. So that was, uh, I don't remember what day that was now. I'm too tired to think about that. <laughs> but but I, I didn't get, I haven't gotten very far. Uh, in fact, I've just started the third one. Um, but there were some things just in the account of the garden that I, I just wanted to talk about on this episode. And with the hope and the prayer that, um, uh, that this would um, hit you wherever you are, the way it hit me. Uh, and the Lord would use, the Lord would use it uh, in, in, in your life. And so uh, I'm just going to read the, the first account there. This is Matthew 26, 36 through 46. And just, and, and just talk through these things. I didn't, um, yeah, I, I always prepare notes of just ideas and things that I want to, that I want to talk about. Um, and, and I actually don't have any quotes from the book. These are just things that I've thought about um, uh, based upon what John Calvin preached in these sermons. Um, so, uh, but Matthew 26 um, says this, then Jesus came with him to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. So much here. Mm -hmm. uh, even reading through it again just now, um, the just, just my mind is just oh, bah, overwhelmed. But one, one of the first things that I, I figure we could talk about is, um, is, is the sorrow of our Lord. There, there was no sorrow like his sorrow, John Calvin said. Um, and, uh, and one of the things that John Calvin pointed out is that when he went into the garden, he was alone. He had to be alone. Mm -hmm. it, was, it, was, it was purposefully set out and set apart that he be alone. This is key. He was to bear the burden of all who would believe 
not the burden of physical death, and that's not it, but, but being willingly made to, and when I say made to, I don't mean like, like God had to, to twist his arm behind his back and, and shove him forward and he had to drink this cup. But when I say being made to, accepting, willingly going and, and drinking that bitter cup of the wrath of God for all who would believe. And so one of the things that John Calvin really points out in here is that he was Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ was and is, he's our mirror and example then of how we are to respond to the Father. You know, Romans 5.19 says that through the disobedience of one man, sin entered the world and damned the world. But through the obedience of, of one man, Jesus Christ, is where we find redemption. And so here's another key point that I thought about is, is Good Friday was, and, and it is, more than the day where Christ died in our place for our sins and transgressions. And I'm not diminishing that at all obviously hello but considering the whole council and the whole account of the story it's the day where christ sets the tone on how to live in the hope and rely upon the strength and love of our father this scene is where we should turn in remembering the joy of our salvation the cost of our salvation the fullness of our salvation and 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 also where we should turn in our times of trouble mm -hmm. and this is man this is something i've read this account in 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 almost 20 years of being a believer i've read this account numerous times but i don't know that i've ever you know and shame on me i guess i don't know but i don't know i've ever stopped and gone man that there's so much here that we can follow Christ's example. I mean, here, here we see the active and passive obedience of Christ on display. And, and, and we are shown here how to grow in Christ likeness and why we so desperately needed it. So, uh, you know, our redemption comes at the hands of Jesus Christ being in deep distress. You know, he says in verse 38, my soul the inner man mm -hmm. is deeply grieved to the point of death. So, I mean, that, that was, that was the first thing that really popped out at me. And I remember sending you that Marco message and being like, dude, I've never, I've never stopped and really thought about this before. The fact that he, the disciples had to fall asleep. That was obviously the Holy spirit is, 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 is laying that out for us on purpose, but he had to, they had to. And these were the cream of the crop. I mean, these were the three of the 12 that, that were, I mean, the sons of Zebedee and Peter, or, and, and uh, excuse me, sons of Zebedee and, and um, yeah, Peter, yeah, sorry. Peter. Um, I said it right the first time. Uh, so, man, just, just blew me away to, to, mm -hmm. to think that he had to bear that load alone because he's the only one that can. Mm hmm so what, what you what you got thus far, man? I see well, you in, a bit of it. In this, uh, I mean, in a lot of what you just said, we we get our first real practical application, and that is, uh, you, you know, in our times of trouble, right? This right. is this is now really Jesus knows what's coming, right? He knows what has been prepared. Um, he knows where he's going, where he's about to go. 
uh, it, but this is still a time of trouble for him. It, yeah. It's a, it's a sorrowful time, sorrowful time, like you said. But again, in our trouble, this, like you said, is our mirror because right. because right. what's the first thing he does? He goes away and he prays. He what's the first? He doesn't protest. Pray. He prays. Yeah. And what's the first thing we should do? Pray. Yeah. Right. Then we have to know how to pray. What is it that he prays? He prays, Lord, let it pass from me, but not my will, but your will. That's right. So he is in submission right here Mm. in his prayer that, yes, this is what I, I would like to have happen. Just let it pass from me. But even still, if it is your will for me to go through this, I will go through this. And and really, that's hard for us to do yeah. because we think that everything we, we live in this world that thinks everything good is God and everything bad is Satan. Right. Well, that's not true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. God is the sovereign. He's the one in control of everything. Now, whether God, whether he does uh, the conflict, whether he's the one who, who initiates it, the, uh, whatever it is, the the trial, the tribulation that you're going through, or whether he allows it to happen, he's still in control over it. Because only, uh, I mean, at the core of it, he's still allowing you to go through it. That's right. Right. So what should our response be? That there's a purpose for me to, a, a reason for me to go through it. There's a purpose to be had at the end, whether it's uh, getting rid, uh, bringing a certain sin to light, and I need to mortify that. I need to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's drawing me back to the Father, whether it's to humble myself, um, which again leads to sin. Maybe there's just, there's some pride that I need to just humble myself and come before the Lord. Right. Maybe it's God just trying to get my attention. I'm too focused on other things. Um, I've built idols out of things and he's just getting my attention and saying, come back to me. And our response first should be not, Oh my goodness, what's happening? Like, I can't believe this. <laughs> Satan's a liar. Like, no, bump that get on your face and pray just drop to your face pray and then say lord i don't know what's going on i don't know the reason behind it if you would please reveal it to me if you could by any means let it pass but not my will but your will and i will suffer through it yeah yeah absolutely well and and look at that i was going to get into this later but i i think that's that's extremely important for us to Remember, especially right now, look at the example that Jesus Christ, and now remember who he is. He is truly and fully God, truly and fully man. The second member of the Holy Trinity existed before, before time, right? Always has, 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 has been there. We are told uh, that through Jesus Christ, everything was made mm-hmm. in him, through him, for him, and by him. So a lot that there have been a lot of people over the years who have through church, throughout church history who have said, well, this just shows that he that there that there wasn't divinity there because or this just shows that he wasn't the son of God because his will differed from the father's. No, 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 no. You have to remember this. 
that this is in his humanity for him to be like us, right? Hebrews says that he is our great high priest who is able to empathize and sympathize with everything we go through and experience for him to be like us. There is, I'm going to use the word weakness, but I don't mean that in his divinity. I mean that he, remember, he, he laid aside divinity. He lessened himself by adding to himself human flesh. Right. There is a weakness there. Mm -hmm. So in his humanity, he is overwhelmed, deeply mm -hmm. grieved. And so he is saying in his humanity, what's what you got? Well, I was going to say, if you want to learn more about that weakness portion, go visit our, our study in Arianism because yes. we talked about that. We did. Yeah. But, but look at, remember who he is. He is still the one who upholds the universe. He is still the one. And, and we see this later in this chapter who could call down legions upon legions of angels to come to his defense in John. When he says, when they're asking him if he is the one, that the, the Christ who is being accused of us, he says, I am he. And those people fall over at those three words. So now, they ask him multiple times. Right. And then right. he says, tell us plainly. And he's like, yeah. I already told I, you, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. So we have to remember, we have to remember that this is an example to us. So it's a good question for us to ask right now. Right. We're in this in the middle of this global pandemic that is COVID-19, where where people are sick and dying at a rapid rate. Right. This thing has spread so fast as, as far as we can tell. Um, uh, but what we're seeing is economies crumbling, people losing jobs, uh, people losing homes. Uh, I mean, the, fill in the blank. Um, everything that's going on, but we have to ask this question because Jesus models this for us. Where is our rest? Being Christ-like is something we have to aim for, right? And he gives us an example here. So to relieve stress and anxiety, we need only to look here at Christ in the garden. So, and we see in 2 Corinthians 1.3, Paul says that he is the God of all comfort. And in this, in this account, Jesus Christ models how and why for us of, of, that, of the fact that he is the God of all comfort. And Jesus didn't hold back. Mm -hmm. He was very honest with his prayers. He was very, very honest. And so we, again, so going back to this tying into kind of Good Friday, we need to remember that that salvation it cost him this 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 the price that he paid for us if you've never just stopped and thought about it do it meditate on this and we have to we have to acknowledge this and and something that we shy away from for the most part in uh, to quote Josh here in reformed him is the fact that how precious this question how precious must our soul be to him that he chose and was willing to go to the utmost for us because what is our eternal destiny if he if this had not been the case utter ruin john calvin says utter ruin and destruction so we can't shy away from that we yes christ's concern number one was to do the will of the father right that's what he came to do 
But what was the will of the Father? And especially if you are among the elect, you were among, you are part of that will that God said, I will send my son to be sin on your behalf that you might become the righteousness of God in him. So the strength and the power that that gives us, and especially in the face of this pandemic that we're dealing with, is death. Death has no more power over us. Yes, we will all face natural death, but we can and should face it with our heads held high. And these are strong words that I'm about to say, but they're true words based upon the truth of Scripture. If we have no hope of life in him, Scripture says that we will be rejected by him. He will say those faithful words found in in, in Matthew 7. When we say, Lord, Lord, when we call his name with our, our, our mouths, but we don't believe in our hearts that he is the Lord, we will end up hearing away from me. I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness who or workers of iniquity who practice lawlessness, another translation says. So we have to be confident in the battles that Christ has fought and won, not for, yes, for his glory, but for us who are his children. That's why it's called Good Friday. It's called Good Friday because for us, it's victory over sin. For us, it is the fact that we have been adopted into the fold of God. So we, we read in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 4, For indeed, he was crucified because of weakness, yet he lives because of the power of God. For we are also weak in him, yet we will live with him because of the power of God directed toward you. Man. Man, what may we approach every single scenario, even though we may fail, even though we may falter at this, may, may we seek to approach whatever we face in this life. And this is so much easier to say than to do with full assurance of faith in the Son of God, in the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What now, you got, one of the things in this, in this passage Uh, right at the beginning that kind of jumps out and people may have questions about this where Jesus says, my soul is deeply grieved, right? Why was, was Jesus's soul grieved? Well, there's awkward silence. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to jump in, but uh, uh, there's a couple reasons why. Um, first is because he, in, in this moment, right, he, he has begun to take on the full weight of sin. The sinfulness of sin is beginning to bear down on him and it's grieving him because this, this is someone, a man who has only known holiness, who has only known purity and perfect communion with the Father. Perfect communion with the Father. And this is something that in a few in a few hours is about to separate him from the Father. Yeah. This is a grief 
that he has never known before because he has always been in perfect communion face to face with the father in the bosom of the father mm. in perfect unity with the father. Yeah. Uh, so he has got the weight of sin bearing down on him as he takes all of our sin to the cross, but also the knowing what comes, right? He is about to endure the full wrath of God. This cup that he is about to drink is the full, complete wrath of God. And he doesn't just take sips from it and then says, I'm finished. He drinks the whole thing down, turns over the cup and says, it is finished. Amen. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And I think I said it earlier, it isn't just that he was about to die physically. It, it, mm-hmm. it was, it was how, and, and, and the scourging that he was going to feel. And I mean, he cried out on the cross, my God, my God, mm-hmm. notice he didn't say father anymore. Right. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, it, it was that. And I mean, you think about, again, think about everything he went through. He was silent, right. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to, uh, to complete prophecy, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. But uh, to fulfill the prophecy of a uh, of a sheep silent before its shearers, mm-hmm. um, and the example that that gives us, right? Um, being content, knowing that 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 God knows our side of the story. When we're reviled, we don't revile in return. P- Peter talks about, and the fact that w- Peter is able to say that is because of the example of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, man, that's, 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 that's a good yeah. word, brother. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you said it, it wasn't just about, you know, the, the, phys, the dying physically, right. But, but what he was about to go through wasn't really so much about the physical pain, even though it was very, very painful. Right. What it was, was not just the pain from men, but the wrath from God. That's right. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, so, one of, oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no I'm going to go. Well, well, I was going to move on, but if you've got, oh yeah, no, I was too. Okay. Uh, I was too. I was going to talk about, um, uh, moving, uh, through verse 40. Um, when, when, again, we see him praying three different times. Um, and again, what an example that is to us. Uh, and John Calvin, I, I will, I will quote this one, this one quote from the book, cause it was just really good. Uh, he says, uh, quote, the principal exercise of faith is prayer, period, close quote. Um, and what an example here. Don't give up. If, if your prayers aren't answered as quickly as you would like, we must persist. We must persist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there are times that God will answer those prayers quickly. There are times that God will hold off. Uh, in answering those prayers because, well, number one, it doesn't align with his will or uh, number two, and I'm sure there are many other reasons that I'm not thinking of right now um, to teach us perseverance, patience, earnestness, uh, that our faith would be founded in uh, and on his word and his promises and who he is, his divine attributes. Um, so that was something else that really stood out to me. And um and, and again, that whole thought of the fact that he had the power of the Father, remember, truly, truly God. Um, this is another way that he show, he's showing the laying aside of, of the divine attributes to teach us 
and to be example an example for us of relying on our father. And he wasn't just giving the father lip service. It wasn't just repeating to be repeating. Uh, remember, he tells us in Matthew 6, 7 to not to stand on the street corners and, and to pray as the, as the hypocrites and the Pharisees do, to say no to hypocrisy and superstition. And uh, however, scripture tells us that we're to pray without ceasing, all the while yielding to God's perfect, sovereign, and holy will. And that's what we see Christ doing here. Um, and, and, and we do this because that there is a massive battle that we are, we are engaged in. And he says it to, uh, he says it to the disciples in verse 41, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. JC Ryle has a quote that, uh, or a, a note about his, his expositional thoughts on this. And he says, uh, that we can never stop, uh, sin from the the temptation from coming against us. We can't we can't stop the assault, but we can control whether or not we enter into it or not. That's right. That's right. I mean, you th- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I I wrote down this just as I was thinking through this. Anything we can do uh, is is useless unless God is fighting fighting for us. And, and we battle with the flesh and we have an enemy. Uh, you know, First Peter 5, 8, be sober in spirit, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Um, you know, we have to be on guard. We will face trouble. We absolutely will face trouble. We will face heartache. We will face persecution. Uh, contrary to the Kenneth Copelands and the Kenneth Hagans and the Bill Johnsons of the world, uh, the Christian life is not free uh, from sickness, persecution, heartache, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Quite the opposite, actually. Uh, we, we are enemies of the world. Uh, we are constantly at battle with our own flesh. Um, and we can be as willing, have all the best intentions of the world. The spirit is willing, but the flesh, the flesh is so very weak. You know, Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, was given that, that messenger of Satan, he says, mm-hmm. uh, to keep him from exalting himself. And, and look at how Paul responded. Paul, Paul responded by boasting. He said, I, w- I welcome the weaknesses, the calamities, the distresses, the insults, the persecutions. For when I am weak, then I am strong because of what? Christ saying to him, Christ himself teaching him that his strength is perfected in our weaknesses. So we have to hold on to that. Um, you know, for those of us uh, who, who do turn to him, and are persistent in him, he is always actually presently moving, sustaining, and interceding for all of those whose, who, whom he has adopted, for those whom Christ died for, uh, and again, for those outside of that, and when we were outside of that, and if Christ would have left us outside, uh, then when the trials hit, fear takes hold, again, to use John Calvin's words, we are in utter ruin. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to examine ourselves. We have to learn from our shortcomings, our laziness. You know, do we hate uh, and do we learn from our faults? Grateful all the more. I mean, grateful with all that we have for his grace. So we have to be on alert, even if that means losing sleep, unlike what the disciples did here. Right. Even if that means losing sleep. And John Calvin points out in this book, he 
he actually, I mean, he's pretty strong. He just, he, he talks about the wicked, the wicked of this world. And the reason that people can, can just go about this world. And, you know, during this time on, on social media, you know, you and I have friends that are constantly going to, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood and, and preaching the gospel. And, and, and the people there are sometimes boasting in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, saying things like, yep, I got to kill some pests today. It's like, what? And those people are able to go home and lay their heads down at night and fall asleep. Their consciences have been seared. Mm-hmm. And you know why they're able to fall asleep is because they're already ensnared by the devil and they have no worries. They have no worries because they think that in this present life, they can do no wrong. Um, and, and how, how we must examine ourselves against the backdrop of Holy scripture and Jesus being our mirror. Um, so look at, look at how, look at how he, you know, approaches that. So, um, so, so then, uh, you know, another thing moving through the story, um, uh, he went, you know, he went on his own, like he said, get up, let us go, uh, be going verse 46, Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. In verse 47, he says, While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came up accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. Immediately, Judas went to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you have come for. And they came, uh, then they came and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. Um, so a couple of, you know, a couple of things about this, you know, we see that again, Jesus went on his own, right? It was, it was voluntary. It, it had to be, had he not gone on his own. And we kind of talked about this before, but it wouldn't have been any benefit to us if he wouldn't have been willing and choosing actively to go through what he went through. He said, look, get up, let's go. Let us be going. Behold, the one who's coming, he knows what's coming. Here he comes. We're willingly walking into this. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, if you think back to the Last Supper, <clears throat> he dismissed Judas to go do what he needed to do. That's right. That is right. So I'm um, flipping to a couple of Psalms real quick. So Psalm 41. Whoop, whoop. So a couple of a couple of things about Judas here. Uh, Psalm forty-one nine. So we see that again. This is prophecy being fulfilled, right? And you know, Drew, to your point about the Last Supper, um, you know, we see, yeah, he's dismissed to go do what he's got to do, and that's to fulfill this prophecy. Uh, Psalm forty-one nine. Even my close friend, in whom I trusted, who I ate, my, who ate my bread has lifted up his heel against me. Um, and so we see Judas, he goes away. He comes back same day. So typically a, a kiss at that time is like a handshake today. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not today because social distancing. Um, so it's like a handshake. So he really didn't, he didn't need to do that again. He, he just saw them. Um, you know, Psalm fifty-five, fourteen says, uh, we who had sweet fellowship together walked in the house of God in the throng. Again, more prophecy being fulfilled about who 
who Judas uh, was to Christ. Uh, so he comes in, he kisses, uh, you know, he, he kisses the Lord. And, and the reason that he does this is to fulfill prophecy. But the reason that he did this in the flesh is he did it out of fear. It was also a fear thing for him. Look at what Judas experienced, right? We often think, man, to be alive in that time. And we would, if I was with Jesus and I would like to think that I wouldn't deny him three times and I wouldn't do this and he wouldn't have to look at me and just go, why don't you get it? Why don't you understand? Oh, you have little faith. Look at what he, look, look at what Judas experienced and still, still betrayed him. Now I get, I get that it was all part of prophecy. It was all, it had to be that way. But Judas was the one chosen before the foundation mm -hmm. of the world to do this. And look at how Jesus responded to him. And again, look to our mirror. And we have to remember, and John Calvin points out a few things here that I'm just like, whoa. He said, John Calvin said this, he's, and this is not a quote. I'm just summarizing. There will always be those Judases in our midst. Always. Think about what he saw, what he experienced, yet still betrayed him. And Calvin points out, he said, may we not wage war in this way. Mm. You know, we're told in Psalm 2 to, to, to kiss the Son of God. But Calvin points out, we must be careful to not call him master with the tip of our tongues while we are all the more his enemies in our actions. Man, Selah. Right. <laughs> That's perfect, man. That is perfect. Um, and we, we, we have to be careful. Uh, and again, going back to that, examining ourselves and, and saying, is that me? Am I, am I one of those? Oh, God, God forbid. May it never be. No, no, no. A thousand times no. Um, you know, so, uh, Wow, man, just, just, I was blown away at, at, at that thought and um, the fact that there will always be those inside the church who are all about treachery, debauchery, um, uh, all about themselves, ultimately, uh, but with their mouths, they talk a good game and uh, incredibly, incredibly convicting. And look at, look at how Jesus responded, you know, you know, friend called him friend. I mean, and, and you know, man, you know, that had to sting that had to sting. And, 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 uh, of course we all know, we're all familiar what happened to Judas, um, and him realizing what he had done, going back to the chief priests and trying to return the, the 30 pieces of silver that did not go well. Uh, and then Judas ended up hanging himself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mean, wow, just, wow. Yeah. Friend do what you've came for. And they laid hands on him and seized him. So um, ultimately, we have to remember, I mean, the, the whole point of talking about this is, is the fact that Jesus Christ showed himself completely obedient to make up for our rebellion. So we should obey in life and in death and follow the example that Christ has set for us. And we see that on Good Friday. Mm -hmm. We see that in the events leading up to Good Friday. 
Um, and we have to remember there's power in his word. Mm -hmm. There's power in his word. So, yeah, there's, I mean, as we move on through these events, right, you have, you, you have the garden, how we approach trouble, right? How we approach it. Then you have trouble when you're in the midst of it. Now, how do you respond to it? And we see the response. Well, he, how does he respond to Judas? You just said, calls him friend. And then he submits himself to what's going to happen. Then he comes before Caiaphas, which now this, this was a court proceeding, but it, it broke the Jewish law of how it should have taken place. They did it at night. Uh, that was against the law. Um, they brought false charges. They brought no witnesses. False uh, witnesses. I mean, there were there were there were witnesses, witnesses but there they were, were false f- witnesses. Well, they had no. The, the, it was basically what it was. Was there was only one line of testimony, right? It was right. it was it was one people, one group of people that colluded together to say this thing. It wasn't three individual lines of testimony right. that could. Uh, that could validate the claims that could validate the charge. Uh, so, so you have an illegal court proceeding taking place and you have false allegations, false charges being brought against Jesus. And what does he do? Stay silent. He stays silent. He stays. Well, in fa- I mean, going to his arrest and uh, you know, Peter, uh, we find out in John's account that it was Peter who lopped the ear off, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 <laughs> and then Jesus healed the man. <laughs> yeah, and Jesus, yeah, exactly. Man, again, again, Christ's perfect example for us, mm-hmm. um, his perfect example for how we are to respond. Um, you know, I, I think to, you know, again, I kind of relate that to what's going on today and the whole conversation and debate about you know romans romans 13 or is this an acts four or five issue and you know do we gather do we not gather and uh, and all this stuff and it's just like you know no if you're asked to not you you not follow the example of christ now granted again I'm, i'm not saying if you're told to not preach the gospel then yes preach the gospel preach the word um well let's i mean at romans romans 13 is valid only as long as the government is acting justly in accordance Correct. to to providing safety to the community and acting justly uh given their role right uh, bad example maybe maybe i should have said first peter <laughs> first peter too uh, uh yeah but no dude to your point look at look at how he responds to mm-hmm. to caiaphas and then uh, and then you've got peter denying christ after being so gung-ho in the garden mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's, right. I, I, that's right like where are you going man we're going with you yeah now yeah, you're I, gonna deny me by a 12 year old girl's gonna make you deny me i don't you ain't going anywhere peter you run it right. away yeah. you're running away <laughs> i can i can relate to peter on so many levels uh i, I think the older i get thankfully through god's mm-hmm. grace and sanctification i calm down a little bit but mm-hmm. I, well, what I can see, absolutely see myself drawing my sword and, and man, you like, know, bring it on, bring, bring it on. <laughs> think, thinking about that, it reminds me of Vody's message at Shepherds 
where he's talking about uh, Paul was writing to Timothy yeah. And, yeah. and he's talking about his letter and he's in prison and he knows he's about to be put to death. Yep. And he's like, you know what? If I was him, I wouldn't have written the letter. letter. <laughs> I would have, I would have, I, I, I would have said, Hey, you remember those guys that when Peter was in prison that they, yeah. Can you go get them? Go get them to pray for me so yeah. that these doors can open. Right. 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 Absolutely, man. I mean, Absolutely. but that just shows our weakness and that in our time of trouble, what do we want? We want self-preservation yep. and we don't want whatever the Lord's will may be. Well, and, Absolutely. And we have to remember that when we look at the humanity of Christ and our humanity, our humanity is wrought with the desire. And, and I think you said it earlier, wrought with the desire of, of, of self-preservation. You said that just a few minutes ago, but, but wrought with the desire to sin, mm -hmm. to gratify the flesh where Christ's desire was not that even in his humanity, his desire was not that. Mm -hmm. um, so we do, we do have to remember that. Um, and, and, and it again, makes us all the more grateful for his grace, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try and it doesn't right. mean that we shouldn't aim for that. And mm -hmm. again, the whole goal is to be holy as he mm -hmm. is holy. Yeah. So. And, and we can actually, we, we can never achieve that perfectly this side of eternity, but we can, we can make steps to doing that because once we are in Christ, we have the spirit dwelling within us and he can actually grow us in that. That's right. So we see, uh, but back to, back to the, the topic at hand, we have Christ before Caiaphas and he's silent. The high priest, he's silent. Um, we have, uh, we have Jesus being brought before Pilate. Pilate was the, the Roman governor that was over uh, Jerusalem in this time. They, they brought him bef before the governor because it was the governor who ultimately would have uh, put him to death. He had to put, have the final say. Uh, the charges brought before him, uh, and, and he has the final say to say, yes, put him to death, or no, let him go. Mm. So Jesus is brought before Pilate, and you know he's asking them, are you the king of the Jews? Mm. Jesus says, you have said it is so, right? Uh, but he 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 gives Christ the night, right? The, the the rest of the evening before he he brings him before him. And what happens with Pilate's wife? She has a dream, and the and she tells Pilate, "You need to have nothing to do with this man. Nothing to do with him." And Pilate sees no fault in him. He's going to release Jesus, but then we see, we actually see a shocking uh, admission by the Jews in this moment when he's when Pilate is about to when he uh, release Jesus. He says, "I can't find any fault in him." The Jews say that you are no friend of Caesar. Now, 
what you have there is you have the Jews rejecting God, playing the harlot, and and siding with Rome, coming under allegiance of Rome, who has kept them oppressed this whole time because they have to pay taxes to Rome. Pilate is a governor of Rome. Yeah. So Pilate basically gives them the ultimatum. He, sa- he, he turns it over to them, allows them to make the decision. He offers up uh, Barabbas, the m- murderer. Now, Barabbas was what we would really, we would call uh, a revolutionary, right? Uh, uh, we, we, he wasn't just a cold-blooded killer. He, was, uh, he, he would have been viewed more as a, as a war hero, um, I think I think he gets uh, uh, kind of mis uh, misnamed as or misviewed as a as he would be just some kind of cold blooded murderer, but he was more of a war hero. Uh, he, he would have been like like a a revolutionary, um, but they say you can have Barabbas, or you can have Jesus, who is the Christ, and they they want Barabbas. And he says, well, what shall we do with Jesus? And they say, crucify him, crucify him. Three times. They want the worst punishment that was reserved for the worst of the worst criminals. That's right. That's right. If you've never, um, if you've never read, and from a historical standpoint, um, accounts of what took place during a Roman crucifixion. You should. You absolutely should. Um, oh, and let me say this real quick. Uh, this is kind of, uh, this will be in a, a little apologetic because Jehovah's Witnesses will claim that Jesus was crucified on a torture stake, that it wasn't a cross. That is historically false. Rome never crucified on a stake. It was a cross. Yeah, history is on the side of scripture, uh, uh, not not heretics. Um, uh, and so, there, well, and there is also a reason why it was a cross because it was slow, painful suffocation. That's right. That's right. So, when you look at what took place before uh, being nailed to the cross, it was uh, it was thirty nine lashes with a cat of nine tails. The reason that it was 39 is because the Romans believed that no person could survive 40, even that one more. And so when you look at what uh, a cat of nine tails whip is, what it does to flesh and bone, um, I, I won't go into detail now, but you can imagine uh, just Google cat of nine tails and you'll see an image of what one looks like. And, um, to think that he went through that over and over 39 times, spit yeah. on his beard, pulled out of his face, mocked, cursed. Uh, they put a scarlet robe on him, stripped him bare. Um, uh, I mean, j- beat him in the head. Uh, I mean, it was awful. It was awful. He, they, uh, Matthew uh, in, in chapter 27, around v- verse 32, there it is and uh, found a man of Cyrene named Simon, who they pressed into service to bear his cross, uh, because Jesus himself uh, 
could not continue to physically carry the mm-hmm. cross after everything that he's mm-hmm. he, he had he had gone through um man just uh, and then again the thought of having nails driven through the hands and the feet and uh, in order to be able to breathe on that cross, you have to push physically push down on the nails uh, to lift yourself up because of the position that you're in. And after everything your body has been through from the scourging and the whipping and the beating and just to get a breath mm-hmm. uh, again, not making light of anybody with COVID-19, but we don't know what shortness of breath is like mm-hmm. compared to what Jesus Christ went through on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, willingly chose mm-hmm. willingly chose um to go through all of that for you and for me mm-hmm. it is truly truly stunning and so it's it's and we should feel the um we we should feel the tension between the sorrow that Christ what Christ experienced and the joy that it brings us we should experience those emotions uh, A.W. Pink says that in his book, in, in the talking about the attributes of God, talking about the love of God, um, realizing that the wrath of God was poured out on his son on our behalf because of our sin. Um, it is Good Friday. It is good news. It is great news um, for us. Uh, scripture says to fear not, fear not the one who can kill just the body, but fear the one who could kill the body and the soul. And because of what Christ experienced and went through, uh, yes, we will experience physical death. We all are. Every day, we are one day, one breath closer to that. We have no fear for those of us in Christ, have no fear because the one who could kill the soul in eternal punishment and forever, forever in hell has said, no, I have taken that scourging, that punishment. I have taken that beating. I have taken the wrath of God, that you have stored up for yourself because of your sin, your transgression, the damnation that was upon us has been cast upon him so that we could live and be adopted as his children mm-hmm. and have an inheritance. Ephesians 1 tells us that is, that is just beyond comparison and beyond words and beyond imagination because we have him. Mm-hmm. Um, what a thought, man. Yeah. What, 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 a, what a thought. And it needs to be something that we celebrate more than on just Good Friday. Um, you know, it needs to be something that we, that we are remembering all the time. So That's right. I mean, our, the reason we gather on Sunday to worship corporately is because of the resurrection. And the resurrection is something that we should be celebrating every single week. Uh, that is the Lord's Day, the Kuriakehe Mera, as John says when, uh, when he's writing uh, 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 Revelation. Uh, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Mm. Uh, but the, the focus of the Lord's Day, right, uh, should also be the cross, that which Christ did on our behalf. Um, so now we're. So so now I gave in kind of an overview, uh, thirty thousand foot view, Pilate, uh, Jesus before Pilate. You kind of walk through the flogging, the scourging, uh, carrying the cross through the city, the beatings, uh, pulling out of of the beard, um, the mockery. Uh, the nails in the hands, the nails in the feet. He is raised onto the cross, put on display 
for everyone to see. Now, on the cross, there are seven sayings of Christ. He speaks seven times from the cross. And the very first time is they're, they're mocking him. They're casting lots for his clothes. And he says, he cries out to God. And we see that we see the mercy of God. Again, our, our, the mirror that we need to hold up to ourselves. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They don't know what they're doing, Father. They're in sin. They're blinded by sin. Their hearts are far from you. Father, forgive them. He's asking for forgiveness on their behalf. Even on the cross, he went to be the intermediary for those who were sinning against him. Our mirror. think about that man yeah praying for those who are walking by wagging their heads scripture says look look what he did he said he was going to tear down the temple Mm -hmm. you who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days save yourself if you're the son of god come down from the cross Mm -hmm. Um, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders were also mocking him saying he saved others he cannot save himself he is the king of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. Needing signs, needing wonders. Sound familiar? Um, he trusts God. Let God rescue him now if he delights in him. For he said, I am the son of God. That's their quote, quoting the Old Testament there. Um, you know, and then we see the, the robbers, right, on either side of him. Yep. Again, we see, and with one, we, we see more grace shown yeah yeah we see one that mocks him we see one that recognizes he is the messiah and jesus says this is the second time he speaks he says you know today you will be with me in paradise we see i mean right there the forgiveness of sin even on the cross which speaks against baptismal regeneration by the way So then you look at what happened around the sixth hour. It says darkness fell upon all the land until the ninth hour. That was a lot of theologians believe that was the moment of, of the wrath of God coming upon him. Truly the God facing away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's when you see about the ninth hour, it says Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, laba sabachthani. That is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me and so um uh the, those who were standing there were thinking that he was calling for elijah uh immediately one of them ran taking a sponge filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed that also was to fulfill prophecy mm-hmm. uh and and gave him a drink but the rest of them said let us see whether elijah will come and save him and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and we know that what he says here, we see it in, other, in, in, in the other accounts of the Gospels. Uh, he said, it is finished, mm. and yielded up his spirit. He yielded up his spirit. It was not taken from him. Yep. He did it willingly, mm-hmm. choosing death. Yeah. Now, I want to, real quick, I want to go back to... Yeah. Uh, 
I knew you were going to. <laughs> uh, where, where Jesus says, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because uh, there have there's a lot of people that will say, you know, God turned his head because he couldn't stand to see what people were doing to his son. Well, that's not the case. No. And David Platt actually expounds on this very well. Uh, and but he, I mean, he says God turned His back because He couldn't bear to look at your sin and my sin on His Son. Again, the full weight of sin was carried to the cross, and in that moment, when God looked at Christ. He saw our sin, and he turned away, which was that that full wrath of God needing to be poured out on. Why? Because sin can't be in the presence of God, and sin needs punishment. Justice must be served. That's right. Amen. Amen. So, so we see God... God turning the wrath in its full weight, bearing down on the sun. But we also see, I mean, I mean, you mentioned it, the, uh, the sour wine on the sponge, right? On the reed. On the reed. We also catch a glimpse of that, that humanity side of Christ. Because what does he say? He says, I thirst. Yep. The thirstiness of Christ, again, relating to uh, our humanity. And Christ, th this is a necessity because in order for Christ to represent us on that cross in that moment, he needed to be man. He needed to be 100% man. He had to be. Had to be. Yep. Otherwise, otherwise, our sin is not atoned for. That's right. He had to be man in order to atone for our sin, but he had to be God in order to even fulfill the righteousness that comes along with being able to atone for that sin. And then he cried out to Talistai, it is finished, meaning it's done. It's complete. There's nothing left to do. You cannot add to the atonement. You cannot add to the work on the cross. The payment that was sent to be paid is paid in full. The debt that was owed is not just wiped out, right? It's not just brought back to zero. If it were brought back to zero, we would still go to hell because you, you must have a positive righteousness. The debt was paid, but then the account was, was paid into by the positive righteousness of Christ. So that way, the fulfillment of the law now reads, it's checked on our behalf. So now when, when God looks at us through Christ, he sees our fulfillment of his holy righteous standard. That's right. Amen, brother. Amen. And it then, uh, yeah, is and finished. It is finished, and then and then you you touched on it. Uh, the the last saying of Christ was, uh, you know, in, into your hands I commit my spirit. So um, he and, and that's important to recognize. He committed his spirit. He yielded his spirit. He gave up 
his spirit because there was nothing left for him to do. It was already done. That's right. Amen, man. Amen. So I wanted to read as a, just kind of a wrapping up point. Uh, again, we, we come back to Valley of Vision in a good bit. Uh, but this is, uh, this is entitled The Precious Blood. Blessed Lord Jesus, before thy cross I kneel and see the heinousness of my sin, my iniquity that caused thee to be made a curse, the evil that excites the severity of divine wrath. Show me the enormity of my guilt by the crown of thorns, the pierced hands and feet, the bruised body, the dying cries. Thy blood is the blood of incarnate God, its worth infinite, its value beyond all thought. Infinite must be the evil and guilt that demands such a price. Sin is my milady, my monster, my foe, my viper, born in my birth, alive in my life, strong in my character, dominating my faculties, following me as a shadow, intermingling with my every thought, my chain that holds me captive in the empire of my soul. Sinner that I am, why should the sun give me light? The air supply breath, the earth bear my tread, its fruits nourish me, its creatures subserve my ends. Yet thy compassions yearn over me, thy heart hastens to my rescue. Thy love endured my curse. Thy mercy bore my deserved stripes. Let me walk humbly in the lowest depths of humiliation, bathed in thy blood, tender of conscience, triumphing gloriously as an heir of salvation. Close quote. Amen. Amen. I think it's always good to uh, wrap up an episode with Valley of Vision. I don't even know how long we've been going. It seems like it's been a long one, but uh, right, hour and ten, hour and twenty. Anywho, uh, <laughs> you know, we hope that this Good Friday, as as interesting as it is, with being a virtual gathering, if that's what you're what you're doing, um, we hope that it's not just another another good friday right leading up to easter it's not just a, a, another time where we just go oh this this is what happened we we remember what happened on the cross but that you bring it to the forefront and live in the present reality of what the cross accomplished because it is only by the cross of christ that you are able to come before God. And this needs to be a daily reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, you know, let this be a jumping off point for you to constantly look in the mirror of our glorious and exalted Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let, you know, it, it, if you've been like the rest of us, 
and you sped through the year, you, you speed through days. And I've been reading a lot of Jonathan Edwards' works on the preciousness of time over the last couple of weeks. If you've been like me, uh, where you have, you just really do feel like you've wasted so much time, stop, ponder, meditate on, as Psalm 77 says, all that he has done. Stop, meditate, and ponder on who he is. Uh, let him, again, just that expression, let him be your mirror and example. And when you look in the mirror, may you see the stripes that he bore on your behalf. May you see the nail-pierced hands and nail-pierced feet. May you see the silence before the scourging as an example and a confidence, a joyous confidence in the sovereignty of God, a God of all comfort. That's one of the many byproducts of, of what Christ has done in our place. That's right. And then, uh, of course, we celebrate that three days after his death on the cross, he rose again. And as Paul says, if Christ be not raised, then our faith is in vain. We are to be pitied. We are to be pitied. But the tomb was empty. Amen. The tomb was empty. Amen. So as you look forward to this unconventional Easter, uh, as much as we would love and I'm sure you would love to be gathered together with your uh, local church body. Uh, remember, uh, take this time and remember that you are unified uh, with the church Catholic. That is the, the universal church uh, mm. as we celebrate this time, uh, whether it be uh, in our homes um, or for some of those who sneak off to, uh, to do gatherings apart from their local government's wishes. <clears throat> but uh, we hope that this Good Friday and that this Easter, um, while it is unconventional and it is uh, not the way we would prefer to celebrate it, we hope that it is one uh, that constantly brings you uh, on your face before God uh, and leaves you running yeah. uh, to Christ, especially in this time of a pandemic, uh, that you would run to Christ, cling yeah. to the cross, yeah. yeah, cling to Him. I, uh, I, I'm remembered of the stained glass window that is in uh, Spurgeon Church that says "Et tene et tenor." I hold, and I am held. Mm. I hold to the Ooh. cross, and when I hold to the cross, Christ holds me. Come on. So we love you. If you need us reach out to us, need something prayed for, reach out to us. Chris yep. is always up <laughs> in the middle of the night. So you can't sleep. You reach out to him. I'm sleeping. Uh, yeah, that's I, right. I won't reply now, to I, you. I'll be, I'll be on do not disturb. So I may or may not see. Uh, but yes, reach out if you need anything. <laughs> but we're going to get out of here. And I'm going to leave you with these parting words from our friend, Josh Bice. There's no such thing as virtual communion. See ya.